So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello, man fans. Ollie Man here with the Modern Man Christmas Spectacular. Yes, it is our annual tradition, which uh, I like to think is becoming as crucial a part of your Christmas as perhaps the bumper festive edition of the Radio Times was two generations past. So pour yourself a cup of tea, get your highlighter pen out. Here's what we've got for you today. Who would have guessed that a British theoretical physicist and a Canadian priest would be a good friend match? Well, I guess that would be you. Can one-man matchmaker Ollie Peart bond together our listeners with a dose of holiday spirit? Flap your masturbatory core up and down, okay? Just... (laughs) (laughs) And batten down the hatches, it's the return of Alex Fox's XXXmas Foxhole Christmas Quiz. That's all to come on this edition of The Modern Man. And as it is Christmas, we have brought our three households together to share in some socially distanced refreshments and parlour games. Ollie and Alex are here. Hello! Hello! This is nice. Isn't it? Yeah, this is really nice. I mean, I think it's probably worth flagging up to the listener that, you know, it's going to be difficult for us to just have a normal civilised conversation because we're just excited to be in the company of another human being, really. We actually messaged each other saying we were excited, which we've never done before. Yeah, I know. I use the word ecstatic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I won't pretend it hasn't been a rough, tough time. What's uh, your top tip for coping with it, though? Like, because I've got, you know, my other half, Pip. How do you just deal with your own, just yourself the whole time? Um, audiobooks really help me. Having mm. another voice telling a story through my day, I put mm. them on my speakers, I really help to keep me sane. Um, my neighbours have been utterly brilliant. We've done a lot of distance. I mean, your neighbours have to be one. very tolerant anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of them was actually for a little while, although she's moved now, was the comedian Josie Long. Mm. Um, and she did a, a little distance comedy performance in her back garden. Um, she also gave me a one person... That was an official thing, though. She said, come and watch me be funny. She wasn't hanging up the washing or something. Yeah, I was you just, just watching, peering, laughing. peering through her back window. You're hilarious. I'm just hanging out my washing. Will you leave me alone? And for you, Ollie, you moved out to Dorchester from the southeast a couple of years ago now. I guess in a way, like this year, sort of validated that decision, isn't it? You could have worked from anywhere, so you might as well be somewhere pretty. Yeah, and and lots of people now, from my family in particular, are moving away from London. They've made that conscious decision. They're doing that. Their companies that they work with have said, yeah, yeah, you can work from home now. We're going to do it because it's worked. You've been just as productive, so we're going to move down there. So for us, yeah, a little bit of smugness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We should say that we, although we are, you know, meeting in person for the first time in a year, we have met each other virtually recently, and that is thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Virtual Game Night, mm. which was oh, great, wasn't it? I love 
loved it. It was so, so, so good. So Virtual Game Night is a fully interactive game show experience. So it uses Zoom. Up to a thousand players can take part. In our case, there were obviously, well, there were four of us because producer Matt did it as well. Ollie, our wonderful host, had a, a pop-up green screen behind him so he could... Um, project all these amazing super professional graphics onto it so you genuinely felt like you were in a really polished tv show yeah actually like game show level production values so original music and motion graphics actually made by the creative teams apparently of some of the world's best loved tv game shows it, it really did look yeah pro didn't yeah. it and also i won so i fucking loved it you did win and actually i would have lost were it not for the fact that one of the rounds was about stuff that i'd said and i won that round <laughs> the best thing about it was that was that it's on your phone because i've done a few zoom quizzes through lockdown mm. you write it all down and then you have to go through your scores and it's really boring because then people are like scoring themselves and they're reading out the answers you're like oh fucking hell yeah that's but right you it comes up to, with the answer automatically yeah. so second you, screen yeah so yeah. you're doing it on your laptop wherever then you have your phone to play multiple choice buzzers so anyway, if you are planning a, a corporate Christmas event and you are still looking for some entertainment for that and you're all going to be remotely working from home for that, this is the perfect corporate entertainment package. Uh, but also just on a personal basis, like there were four of us, like if, if you wanted to get a package just for four or five or ten mates uh, or you're organising something remotely, a birthday party, a family reunion, whatever it is, uh, you can turn your next virtual gathering into a virtual game night by visiting virtualgamenight.live slash man and you can book a completely free one-to-one demo and consultation and then when you are ready to book you can take 20% off the price of any game night package by using the code MAN20 so the code again M-A-N-N-2-0 and you put that in at virtualgamenight.live slash MAN uh, we'll put the links in the show notes and thanks again for sponsoring the show folks we appreciate it uh, right on to the zeitgeist Ollie yeah. uh, and Ollie your task this month came from Jackie in Brighton uh, who said one in five people in the UK say they're lonely, and one in seven say they have no friends at all. Uh, it's not a nice trend, but I felt it was worth Ollie exploring. Is there anything he can do to change it? Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you sort of hear those news reports over the years, oh, loneliness on the up and this and the other. But I think this year in particular, it's been much worse. The ONS doing a couple of studies on it which came back with that 7.4 million adults during lockdown have said that they have been affected uh, by loneliness, feeling like they've been lonely at some point during the pandemic. And not all older people either. And I say that with absolutely no disrespect to anyone listening to this who's over, say, I don't know, 65. But generally, that's the story we're accustomed to hearing. You mm. know, but it feels like this year is actually something that applies across all age ranges. Well, yeah, but actually, perhaps most surprisingly... The biggest age group is 18 to 24 year olds experiencing yeah. loneliness, which is surprising. But a lot of that group at university, not able to get out and about. I suppose it's that feeling of missing out on what you could have had, isn't it? You know, there's people that are going to find it hard to go out on dates, people that normally would have met their contemporaries in other ways that have just had to focus. Like a lot of us have had to focus on work. Mm. But if you're focusing on work and you're 21, like that's just not what you want to be doing, is it? No. The other thing about it, especially now, is that just it's not just the sort of the social element, going to the pub, seeing your friends, the, the things that you might book in once a week or, you know, mm. twice a week or whatever. It, it is just that daily interaction with somebody. It doesn't necessarily need to be somebody you know, but we don't have that anymore. We're not commuting anywhere. We're not getting out, really. We're not doing anything like that. So all of that's missing as well. And that might have subdued some of your feelings for a bit but that, none of that exists now. And it's also in the workplace environment as well, like this much derided idea of banter, basically. Mm. That is how a lot of British people in particular interact, isn't it? 
don't necessarily have social engagements, but when they're talking to people that they're interacting with, they're doing so with humour, and that's just gone. I would say that my personality tends to be chirpier than your average aviary, and I really missed those, as you say, coincidental daily moments of Mm. uh, just saying hi to my bus driver or having a a spontaneous chat in the queue to get a coffee with the person behind me. And that's why I think that the word lonely itself is actually quite unhelpful, Mm. because lonely is just like, I don't know, it's, it's a feeling, isn't it, rather than a condition. I suppose because the resolution is, well, go and talk to somebody then, it can sound like something that isn't a plague, it isn't serious, it isn't endemic. But if you see it on a spectrum of mental health, there's probably a better word than loneliness to mean what we're describing. I think it's isolation more than Mm. anything. And it might be for a lot of the younger people as well. I mean, the the assumption being if you're at university and you've got lots of groups of people around there, uh, you know, you're fine, you're not lonely, there's plenty of other people there, but they're still experiencing that isolation, even though they might be surrounded by their peers. So isolation is perhaps a a better description of it. You're right. Okay, so so we set you up with sort of a solution to this. You're obviously not going to solve loneliness for Britain, but we thought something that might Don't underestimate me, Ollie. (laughs) What are you doing? It's experience. Um, <laughs> but what we thought you might do to help solve loneliness, at least among some of our listeners, mm-hmm. is uh, match people together, a kind of dating service, but for friends. Yeah. And we called it... Ollie's Match-A-Mate Service. Ollie's Match-A-Mate Service. So you put together a survey monkey uh, form that man fans could fill out. What mm-hmm. were the questions that ended up going on the final Match-A-Mate form? Well, a lot of them were from an article in a women's health magazine. Because I, I wanted to ask... Because them, you know how to copy and paste. Absolutely. What kind of thing? Pink so, or brown? Pink or brown. What's that, underground travel? <laughs> sort, sort of. of. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world... I'll ask you two, you can answer this one. If you yeah. could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I'm, I'm genuinely where I live right now. Japan. How telling is that? Mm. How telling is that, Ollie Man? I don't know. How telling is that? I don't know yet. In, until until somebody else answers and says Japan, it could potentially be quite telling. Okay. Uh, list two of your pet peeves. Ollie Pitt. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. No, literally no hesitation. Well, pet peeve, what the hell's that? I mean, it's just one of those mean, things. What that, the hell's well, a pet it's, peeve? It's exactly the kind of thing you see in a women's health magazine, isn't it? But what does it mean? What does pet peeve mean? It means... It's Ollie's pet peeve that... is questions that ask what your pet peeve is. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's minor irritations that you don't really want to rid from the face of the world because it gives you material to talk about. Okay, it? so that's one pet peeve. What's your right. second one? <laughs> <laughs> what song would you sing in karaoke? It's the um, uh, the duet from Dirty Dancing. Oh. Hungry Eyes. My go-to is Annie Lennox, Little Bird. I'd have questions as well. Like, what would be the one thing you'd change uh, in the world? What three words would you use to describe yourself? And do you like broccoli? And that was essentially it. And then, uh, you know, you could also put a little bit of additional information at the end if you wanted to. What did we learn? Well, Catherine didn't give much away. She just said, adore walking. Adore walking. Yeah, not even I adore walking. No, just... just... Adore walking. But Barry, he, he gave me loads of info. He says, I'm totally blind. Might as well get that out of the way. Now that the rubbish people have been put off, I'm a, ni- <laughs> I'm a nice Irish guy. Background in computer science, music, food, coffee lover. Love travel. Bloody hell, could write a screenplay about this guy now. Did um, you playing say judo? Keyboards. Judo, yeah. I really want to know how judo works when you're blind. Yes, that would be that's interesting, intriguing. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, there we are, a middle feature point. potentially for another day. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. So how many people actually replied? Well, very quickly, within the first 48 hours, we had over 50 responses. 50 in 48 hours? Yeah. I, I was genuinely surprised, actually. It's, it's quite telling how people are feeling, I suppose. But uh, when we got to that point sort of just made the conscious decision to close it because I, I, that's a lot of people to sort of go through 
figure out who's going to match up. The logistics of then organising a conversation with them. So we closed it after those 48 hours. Okay, I wonder if that makes it more or less likely that they're going to get on with each other. These people are all quick responders. They were, I mean, like the procrastinators did not get a chance to meet anyone, did they? <laughs> it's the people that filled in the form instantly. That's a good point. I'm intrigued to know what techniques you used to actually match people up. Were you using something automated, like an algorithm, or did you go through it? He laughs. Hand? He laughs out loud at your suggestion that technology may play a part I in just, an internet I, survey. <laughs> I just don't think that Alex listens to the zeitgeist very often. No, Alex, I didn't use any sophisticated algorithm in which to uh, decipher this data. What I did use, though, is my brain. Mm. And- you are actually on trend there. Okay. There are some... Don't humour him. <laughs> There's been a growth in the number of dating apps that rather on rather than relying on formulae to match people up, um, they actually employ real-life human beings who interview you and get to know you. There's one French app called, I believe it's called Once, where they send you one match a day that's hand-picked uh, by someone who's invested in your romantic life. Yeah. They go, well, Ollie, I'm on trend. Well, it's nothing new under the sun, though, is it? I mean, that is, in a sense, that's a traditional dating service before the internet came along and ruined it, isn't it? That's how it used to work. True, but when you think of how much is moving towards uh, technological solutions, the fact that we're returning to more human-based concepts when it comes to our humanity, Ollie P might be onto something. Yeah, you, you totally have enabled him. So, OK, so <laughs> you've now printed off, I understand... Uh, the full list, so we can see how you paired people up. I've printed off the algorithm. Yeah, the, al- right, let's, the let's, algorithm. Yeah, let's it's just an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> very sophisticated spreadsheet, mm. which has all of the answers. Now, it was quite tricky. There is some complex colour coding going on here. I can't quite work out what it means. Right, I'll try and explain it. So, what I thought I would do is start on the most simple connection, and mm. I thought that would be pet peeves. If there is one thing that you can get on with somebody about, it's something you both hate. I think. <laughs> It's a really positive way no, forward. No, but seriously, if you have a conversation, like conversations with people in a pub or whatever people you meet, you'd be like, you can really get passionate and talk about something you hate. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, you've hooked up Edgar and Siobhan okay. because they both hate people who are late. But it's more complicated than that because... There's oh, a, surely not. No, listen, because <laughs> you have lateness there. So this is how it works. This is how the process works. Mm, right? the process. Lateness. If you go through that list, there's also a few other people that have lateness, but I didn't pair them up with them because those two, Siobhan and Edgar, one likes pasta, one <laughs> likes bolognese. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Why are you la- I don't know why you're laughing. Okay, so the only thing that Edgar and Siobhan actually had in common is that they both like pasta. On time... <laughs> On time right? for no. their carbs. They both like pasta. Mm. They both and they hate, hate lateness. They hate lateness. So they'd like a punctual Italian meal. Listen, you go through the more fine detail yeah. and you can see little patterns there. Can you? Yes. So what things would you change about the world, mm. right? That's mm. a complicated question. It but is. It reveals a lot. Siobhan says housing costs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edgar says intolerance. There's a <laughs> subtle link there. The thing with these two, actually, which it was uh, a bit of a concern, is the age difference is quite a lot between them. Right. So Edgar is a good uh, 15, 20 years older than Siobhan. I think that's quite nice, though, actually, yeah. in well, a friend like, service. Well, well, I did ask people their age. Yeah. That was one of the questions. But I decided to not make any decision based on age. Yes. So I tried to remove that. There were one or two occasions where I did do that, but that was purely based on the other stuff that they answered. See, now that's quite refreshing, I think, mm. because I think a decision based on age would mean that you'd be more likely to hit it off quickly frankly, because you're going to have the same sort of generational sensibility and reference points. But actually, that's not very deep, is it? Like, no. if you're actually going to make proper friends with someone, yeah. 
I'd, I'd be more interested to make friends with someone 15 years older than me, I think. Now, you've matched together Luke and Jacob because it says here both show an interest in politics mm-hmm. and kids' food, brackets, star mix and pizza. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure that all our Italian listeners would agree with you that pizza should be classified <laughs> as a kid's food alongside Haribo. No, 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 but I mean... There's a wide spectrum of pizza, isn't there? If someone says they'd like... Someone's chosen pizza as the food they'd want to eat every day for the rest of their life and someone else has chosen Star Mix. I think those are quite different. (laughs) No, no, I don't think they're completely different. There were were other things as well I didn't put in my notes. Uh, They they live in a sort of similar part of the world. They... At least both M4 live corridor. in the UK. Yes, they live yeah. in the UK. M4 I mean, corridor. Interesting you mentioned that because going down the list, I mean, you've matched here together Barry and Dylan. Mm-hmm. Barry's in the UK. Dylan's in Australia. Yeah, there were quite a few uh, logistical uh, Ruth nightmares. Ruth in Hong Kong timings. with Jennifer in the United States. Yeah, that was completely fucking mental. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, of course, there's the whole pen pal tradition of having, you know, and, and, and especially if you meet someone through a podcast, why not? have someone on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, really, if they're going to be actual friends, you'd kind of want them to meet in real life at some point, wouldn't you? And if they're in, one's in Canada and one's in Hong Kong, that's going to be difficult. I have friends I only know through the internet. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong the with world. that. And are they as close as the friends that you'd meet face-to-face in normal times? In some ways, yes. Yeah, some of them are. We speak on a regular basis. But you, you did all this through Zoom, right, when you actually tried to hook people up. So then, I mean, just trying to find a time for an Australian to speak to a Brit is difficult. Yeah, it was quite tricky. Uh, I used a special calendar to organise the oh, perfect timing. give us the tip. Go on, if oh, you want to set up your own matchamate service, what, ti- what was the programme? Timeanddate.com. Right. Go on there yeah. and you, uh, you can put where the different people are meeting yes. and then it will in green it will give you the times that are appropriate between nine and five but that you, is you can sort of, genuinely yeah. so handy yeah it's, it's actually a really useful tool especially in the zoom age but i i thought that if you're trying to if you're trying to meet someone that's got sort of similar interests and stuff at this point i don't think it matters really where they are because you're kind of broadening your horizons and a lot of the time you don't want to just be friends with somebody who's down the road because they see the same shit you see so you want to speak to somebody in Australia. How's it going over there? Give well, me some light. What's happening? What was the match that you were proudest of? Oh, good question. Was it Ruth and Jennifer who you've connected together because, quote, they like classical English dishes, strong female pop stars, and want to travel somewhere that's wet most of the time? Yeah. That's sort of like the most niche Netflix algorithm ever, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that, they, they <laughs> You were... might like walks around Ireland. But, they, but, but this is the thing, because they, like, one likes roast dinner, one likes beef wellington. That's basically the same thing. You get them in a beef eater. Mm-hmm. Kind of make that match. <laughs> But the other thing with Ruth and Jennifer is they both want equal education for everybody. And that's quite a strong... That's, I mean, that's a pithy sort of Miss World type thing. Is that what they both came out and said? Yeah, it, almost verbatim. Unprompted. Uh, yeah, that was the question. You know, what would you change about the world? And they both said... Equal education for I'll everybody. I'll read them. I'll read Regardless them. of what? To have quality education accessible to all. Yeah. And the other said access to education for all. Wow. Okay, no, that is... Wow. I mean, all right, well done. Yes, I, I can see that those Thank people might... You. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so they were an obvious match. Well, we're going to hear some audio evidence of exactly how it went. Uh, the results from Ollie's Matchamate service. Next, but first, as is now tradition on the Christmas Spectacular, instead of just having a record of the month, we have some live music for you. Uh, Now, our guest on last year's Christmas Spectacular, JC Stewart, went on to have 3.2 million monthly listens on Spotify this year, so no pressure. It's Griff. Hello, Griff. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hey. Welcome. Uh, We are connecting with you over Zoom, which is very 2020. Um, We've just been talking about what a strange year it's been, especially just like meeting people socially, but starting out in your career, 
I mean, you're 19 years old, not being able to meet people, make contacts, play to audiences. It must have been a really strange one. Yeah, I kind of have been saying it's been the best worst year ever, just because so much has happened this year. But it's kind of all happened to me from my bedroom. So it all feels a bit surreal. <laughs> Including playing a gig at the Tate, I understand. But like, were you there? How did that happen? Yeah, basically, we wanted to do a virtual show. But I feel like everyone and their nan has gone on Instagram Live and just done a boring virtual show. So we were trying to figure out a way to do something that's a bit more interesting. I think the Tate was like one of those dream venues that we were trying to get. So that was like the closest to kind of like normality and doing live again that I've, I've had this year. And it was really fun. Yeah. But how many people were actually in the room? Is it weird playing to small Yeah, it's about 15, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really awkward. Like, if you watch it back, it's on YouTube now, you'll get to, like, the end of the song and then there's obviously no applause. So then you're <laughs> yeah. like, OK, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> That's 2020, yeah. isn't it? Awkward yeah, musical literally. performances. And I understand you're a fan of DIY fashion. Yes. What does that actually it. mean? It's not going to home base to make uh, blouses. Uh, I mean, it can do. I mean, I took textiles for A-levels. And then I started doing photo shoots and we'd work with these big stylists that would bring like such expensive clothes, but it just never quite felt like me. So I'd now and again just bring a few bits and bobs that I've just made at home. And then I think it became a bit of a trend where I'd always like wear stuff that I've made. So yeah, I kind of just have my sewing machine like in the background. I like to make really off the wall stuff. I've personalized shoes with loads of googly eyes. Um, I've also done clothing that's ended up to be accidentally quite dangerous by replacing <laughs> yeah replacing yeah. buttons with screws and things like that yeah 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 what's the mm. weirdest thing that you've ever made I've, I've made stuff out of like bubble wrap and out of duvets that's very, t- what, else very is, what else is pretty weird the, that's the opposite of an inadvertently dangerous costume isn't it <laughs> something made of bubble wrap you can protect yourself and those around you i've made chain mail chain mail was very hard because yeah. i literally just ordered like really tiny metal squares and then was just sitting there with pliers like opening and shutting them in in the kind of pattern shape of a top and it took me hours you have of course now finally had the highest honor of the year which is you have been chosen to sing a stripped back version of a song for a christmas ad i mean that is big thing isn't it in in the music world these days yeah so i think around summer my manager called me up and was like i think disney potentially want you to sing for their christmas advert and i don't think they'd done one before so i didn't really know what to expect but i feel like in the uk it's become a bit of a thing where we all sit down and judge all of the kind of big brands and their christmas adverts so it was obviously such a huge thing and i I didn't even believe it would really happen i was (laughs) like sure we'll see you know like we'll get closer to the date and see and um yeah it's out and it's actually really beautiful what do you guys think of it? Do you like it? Uh, if we didn't like it, it would not be our Christmas record of the month. So that is what you are <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. about to play for us now. Uh, so remember where you heard her first, everybody. Uh, performing live for The Modern Man. This is our record of the month. Love is a Compass by Griff. Moments, they've been everything. And just like magic can make the whole world sing. That look in your eyes. Oh, the joy it brings when I hold you and you hold me And I know we're not, we're not what we used to be But we carry so much history I put up myself and I rode the wind That led me here to you, I'd do it all again And no, it won't always be the same and feelings don't change, they never fade away When you're far from home It's hard to know the way But it's right there inside Yeah When you need direction Look to 
Thank you. And I now have a strange urge to buy a Mickey Mouse plushie. I don't know why. You absolutely should. You should. It helps out Make-A-Wish, do it? Yes, it does. Yes. So is that the, so profits from, from the royalties go to Make-A-Wish, do they? Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it's a really cool charity where, if you don't know what it is, it helps out kids with critical illnesses. Yeah. So you're doing a good thing by listening to the song. Well, you are doing a good thing by playing it, Griff. What is it like kind of trying to get that emotional resonance in a song like that when you are actually sitting alone in your front room? You know, it helps that the song's nice, you know? Like, it's a really nice song to sing, so... Um, yeah, and also because it's Christmassy, I think as soon as I sing it, I naturally just get in my feels a little bit. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you don't have to line up a whole load of soft toys to sing to just to get in. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Uh, a little insight to Ollie Mann's daily reading. That's, yeah. yeah. that's why I do all my introductions, yeah. Now, if you enjoyed that, all our Record of the Month choices are available in one handy Spotify playlist, which you can find at Modern Man with 2ends.co.uk slash music. Uh, and Griff, you're going to come back later to play us out, is that right? Exactly, I will be, yeah. Ollie, we're going to find out exactly how your matchmate service went mm-hmm. after this. Despite everything 2020 has chucked at us, we here at The Modern Man have strived to bring you amazing stories and entertainment every single month. We've taken you door-to-door on the election trail. So where have the face-to-face threats happened? At Hustings, at Hustings, which is why we're being particularly vigilant about Hustings at the moment. Exposed injustice in one of our biggest institutions. And he said to me, they're saying we're 20,000 plus short. I said, well, maybe they haven't counted properly. Maybe they're missing something. 
and brought you an exclusive interview with one of the most unassuming success stories in UK tech history. And we're just like, oh Michael, can you just envisage us sort of throwing money up and then go, whoa, look at all this money. I mean, this didn't happen to us. No celebrities, no one trying to shift copies of their memoirs. We share these stories with you because they matter. If you agree, then support us to produce more. We're a totally independent podcast and our only income comes from the adverts you hear and the money you give. So if you value this show, all we ask is that you chuck us the price of a pint of beer. Or if you can extend to it a round for all four of us to make this show happen every month. Go to modernmanwith2ends.co.uk and click beer money now. Thanks. Welcome back to the Modern Man Christmas Spectacular 2020. Ollie and Alex are still with me and still to come the festive foxhole XXXmas Christmas quiz. Brace yourself. Uh, but first, Ollie, let's find out how your attempts to curb the nation's loneliness went. Uh, so when we left you on this story, we had 50 Modern Man listeners, all mm-hmm. of them feeling like they're looking for friendship and for some reason turning to you for assistance. What happened next? Well, I implemented my algorithm pairing these people up and then i reached out to them and said i have found your partner can you make this date i didn't give them options i gave them the date and the time and then i sent them a zoom link and we got them on the call and then i sat down on the call for the first bit were you nervous for the first one yeah because i just didn't i wasn't sure both people were going to turn up i wasn't you know sure about the tech did you give them any like menu this is what you're going to talk about or did you just wind them up and leave them to go nothing I just said to them, look, I've paired you up. You don't need to know why. Just have a lovely, pleasant conversation. Just chat with each other and, mm. and, and let me know how you get on. Did you feel any burden of responsibility? Because like, people who are feeling lonely are often people who are socially awkward too. I'm not mm. saying that's the case for everybody, but obviously in some instances. So did you think like actually it would help if you gave them a task? or You, or did you, you know what I mean? Like, Did you feel responsible? It, there were a couple of conversations where one person entered the call quite, a good few minutes before the other person entered. So I had a chance to speak to them a little bit. And those little moments were amazing because I started to realise that actually they were genuinely reaching out to meet someone because they were feeling lonely. And at that point, yes, mm. I did feel responsible. And we captured a bit of the audio of what happened. Would you like to hear it, Alex? I'd love to. As would I. I'm most intrigued. OK, well, here are the highlights of 22 conversations. Who wants to go first and intro themselves? Greg, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Craig from Harvey Bay in Queensland, Australia. Live with my husband and um, don't really know anybody else apart from him and a couple of close friends. So I thought it'd be good to reach out and meet some new people. My name is Ben. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. I am a chemistry professor. Uh, Hi, I'm Alice. I run my own company. I'm Christine. I'm training to become a beekeeper. Hopefully. I'm in a transitional period. So I don't get to meet people at the office, so I figured I'd give this a go. <laughs> so I'm not working at the moment, but I'm, I'm also sort of exploring some other options. I actually bought the Sound of Christmas CD, uh, song you made last year, Ollie, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, my husband and I moved out here... I still say we're like the new kids in town, but it's over eight years ago now. I joined this to get a chance to just meet people that I wouldn't come into contact with in my normal day-to-day life. And sounds like I have. <laughs> hey, Heidi. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hi How are you doing? 
How are you both? Yeah, not bad, thank you. It's nice to finally put face to names, because I've been reading everything you've both put. Um, yeah, you know so much about us already. Here. I know so much about both. <laughs> um, Heidi, why don't you go first? Okay, um, I'm Heidi, and I live in Vancouver, Canada, and I'm a priest at a little uh, progressive, queer-friendly, amazing church. Great. Tom? Cool. Yeah, uh, hey, I'm Tom. Uh, I'm from uh, the UK, from Manchester in England. Uh, I'm a physicist. I work on uh, high-powered lasers for uh, DNA processing, and I signed up because, yeah, we've all been locked inside and haven't really met anyone different that I don't either work with or already spoke to. So yeah, just thought it'd be good to meet someone new. Great. Well, look, you do have something in common. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Have a great conversation. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Who would have guessed that a British theoretical physicist and a Canadian priest would be a good friend match? Well, I guess that would be you. I think your friend matching skills are pretty fantastic. Despite being strangely nervous for our meeting, Tom and I had a lovely visit. The conversation was easy, and we even discovered that he is from the same small city in the UK that my dad's family is from. What a small world. Thanks so much for the introduction. Hi, Ollie. It's John Lewis. I've been speaking with Suzanne. Thank you for organising that. It was really good and uh, most enjoyable. And it's it's helped me because it's made me realise that if I can get over the bit that scares me, which is talking to a stranger, once I've initiated the conversation, or in this case, had someone else do it for me, then I can talk to people. I have things to say. And it's really improved my day probably more people than i think are happy to chat with me over a lunch hour and i should do that more often it does make me wish that some of the many many resources that we have for helping people find a a date um, could be used or reallocated to connecting new friends because uh, this was very effective and it gave me a nice little push that I feel like I needed and I found very useful. One of the things we tried to do was identify how you managed to match us in the first place. I think we've come to the conclusion that either it was completely random or that you identified that we both have a bit of a problem with people who walk more slowly than us. I can sort of see why we were paired together, although it would be interesting to see all of our answers. Um, but definitely there was a few sort of interests and hobbies and opinions that definitely suited mine. Yeah, I think we're probably going to get talking again in another few weeks. And yeah, it seems like a good match. I'm Kristen. Um, I live in Wisconsin. I make friends with the people that I'm around. I have a friend from third grade. And I have my husband, and I have my daughter. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's just no opportunity to go out and like even be social with people that I'm able to be at work with. I'm a school librarian. I'm at work right now. So yeah, I heard about this and I was just like, it sounds like a really fascinating way to try to meet somebody. 
I decided to do this because 2020 had been pretty crap. So I signed myself up for a fundraiser thing and then I heard this while I was, I think, cleaning the house and decided why not? Because just why not? And I'm really excited to talk to someone in America and have another new experience that's positive this year. Well, look, I hope the rest of it is as positive as you're hoping. Hi, Ollie. This is Jess from Canberra, Australia, and I've just finished speaking to Michelle from the US, uh, just outside of Chicago. It was a great chat. Um, It was also great to discover that we both have a love of travel, and I'm really looking forward to welcoming Michelle and her family to Australia, hopefully, when the world opens up again. That was so moving. It's good, isn't it? You've done very well there. I have done. Someone's well. allowed someone they've just met through Zoom to say, "Yeah, come come to Australia." When you're in Australia, when you have to be popping by, <laughs> let's hook up. They had so much faith in my matchmaking skills that they're prepared to invite people over to their house from the other side of the world. I think that is quite the testimonial. Is there still space for me to get on board? Because <laughs> I want to talk about beekeeping and laser DNA processing. But it made me realise how many of my conversations lately, because I've been working from home, have been career focused. Yeah. And I, I miss hearing other people's random excerpts of life. Yeah, it was, it was actually just really nice. I mean, quite apart from the matchmate thing, it was quite nice just to hear a range of our listeners there. I mean, you know, because obviously this is a, a slightly kind of top-down thing, isn't it? We broadcast a thing, people listen. So to actually hear we have beekeepers, librarians, a man actually called John Lewis listening. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. It was amazing talking to the listeners, actually, and, and speaking with them. But you're, you're absolutely right. And I think it, just being given that very small excuse of, I listened to this podcast and I signed up for this thing to have a conversation with someone was enough for them to sort of kick things off yes and just giving them one sort of a hint that they've got something in common other than the podcast was enough for them to sort of engage in this far more complicated conversation with one another find out these amazing things to the point where some of the messages coming back were like how did you know that his dad lived in a place where I lived? Or <laughs> how did you know that we've both visited this place or this, that and the other? Have you been stalking us on Facebook? Just for the record, no. no. All of it was just from this data. Which, of course, would only come about from serendipity of conversation, wouldn't it? But people Absolutely. have actually forgotten that that's what happens when we see each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think at the moment it's really difficult to spark up a spontaneous conversation with a stranger. When are you ever going to do that? Mm-hmm. But this has been a lesson for me as well in that, when we can do that, when we're in a situation where we can do that, I'm going to do that a lot more because I feel like I don't put myself out there that much either. Well, reluctantly, I have to say you've succeeded phenomenally well at this task, Ollie. That was entertaining and uh, I think actually valuable. Well, can you that, imagine? Yeah, that's the first time you've <laughs> ever said that. And you've done it all in a month as well, which is pretty good going. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I do have to sound a note of caution. Okay. How can we really test this one month in? It seems to me the best thing to do, really, is that in a year's time, in the Christmas Spectacular 2021, when that beard is even longer... Actual future. (laughs) I'm sitting here with Kings of Leon. (laughs) (laughs) That you should get back in touch with some of these guys and see if they're still friends. Because that would be a real test, wouldn't it? Are you actual friends a year on? Yeah, could you imagine? I love that idea. Because they could be be more than just friends. Not that I meant it to be that, yes. but there might be. It could Relationships be. might blossom from it. Sure. Yeah, I think that's an interesting... Uh, let's oh, I'll do have it. to buy a new hat. <laughs> 
But first, mm-hmm. uh, we need to uh, give you your challenge for January, Ollie. Would you like to know what it is? Oh, shit. We're doing another season, aren't we? we? Are <laughs> 12 episodes next <laughs> oh, year. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll just toss it off into the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year's time. I'll come back. Whatever. No. Oh, next fuck. month. Yeah. Yeah, come on um, then. <laughs> what we got? It's a letter from Josh in Gantz Hill uh, who says, It is my birthday coming up in February. So I was thinking of arranging a winter barbecue. I would like Ollie to investigate how to organise the perfect winter barbecue for a group of six. Okay. Now, mm. I've been reading a lot about this. You know, get yourself a gas heater, get yourself an outdoor pizza oven. You know, Korean barbecue is the big trend, isn't it? But I don't know anyone really who in January, the freezing cold January of, bear in mind you live in Dorchester, yeah. is actually going to be out there sizzling steaks. But you will be, Ollie Pitt. I mean, not steaks because you're pescatarian. <laughs> yep. Salmon steaks. Yep. You will be for the modern man. How do you feel about it? That is that is in my wheelhouse, Ollie It man. is. Well, you've made fire on the beach, haven't you, before for us? I have. Now I have we're going to ask things. you to make fire in your garden. But to make sure that it's hitting all the right notes and that you're actually on top of the trend, you're not just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer Matt also has a birthday coming up in January. Oh, a God. significant one. 21 again. <laughs> so... <laughs> We thought for his special day, we could come to your house. We are inviting ourselves around to your house now. Yeah, haven't been asked. And you can cook for us and tell us what the trends are and we'll test them. So you are literally just, you're just going for a holiday. We're asking you to arrange a birthday party for Matt and we're going to somehow claim it back on expenses. Alex has that. Yes, of course you can come. I mean, I have spit roast. I have spit (laughs) roast experience. Can I invite Alex as well? I just did. Fine, Alex, you can come. <laughs> so, there we are. I'm great with a sausage. I'm looking forward to checking in with that. I mean, all of this punning is making me really want a beer, which is good news because it is time to thank our sponsors, beer52.com. Uh, we all have a can of their charming product in our hands. This is what it sounds like when they're opened. Uh, Alex, what have you got there? Um, I have a key lime lager, which is produced Ooh. by the company Tiny Rebel. Yes, which, please. Uh, apparently... I don't care. You had me at key lime. <laughs> I've got bigger boat. I love boats, which is why I went for this. Mm-hmm. Um, pale ale, basically. It's like really fruity, bit of bitterness. Yeah, I've got a fruity one. I'm drinking Wunderbar oh, IPA, like punchy good. fruity IPA from Dublin. Uh, if you would like to try some equally delicious beers, then you can for free. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer club, and they are offering you, man fans, eight free beers uh, and a magazine and a snack just for listening to the show. Uh, go to beer52.com slash modern to claim your free case. Coming up in 2021, they're having cases themed around support our brewers, uh, a Belgian case and a future of craft brewing case. Uh, so well worth keeping that subscription going. But you can get a free case, a trial subscription at the word beer, the number five, the number two dot com slash modern. Links in the show notes. This is really juicy. Speaking of which, Alex, uh, last year you had us talking to a haunted vagina and touching each other in virtual reality. <laughs> so I really don't know what we've got to I expect. About that. It's all yours. The floor is yours. We're ready. We're here. It is the legendary XXXmas Foxhole Christmas Quiz brought to you by the Condom People. Directly brought to you from Royal David's Clitty. Um, this year, uh, I've tried to make things... Well, it's li- groaning already. <laughs> no, I'm not groaning. You haven't had to ingest any lube yet. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was excited about the first one. How many years have we been doing this now? <laughs> this is the fifth year yeah. of watching you squirm with, mm-hmm. in front of various dildos. I've been worried about this for days. <laughs> 
Well, actually, Ollie, given that 2020 has been such a painful, lubeless bumfuck of a year mm. uh, and all of our emotional hem- hemorrhoids are starting to pop out, I think, rather than put you through the trials that I have done in the past, which have included um, electrocution and uh, the inhalation of really quite noxious scents, yeah. I've tried to be gentle mm. this year, but still genital themed. Uh, our first round is called The Scavenger Cunt. Oh, fucking hell. Inside this room, I have crafted with my own fair hand four origami vulvas. Uh, They're secreted around this space. Mm -hmm. I need you to find the vulvas. You will get one point for each vulva that you locate. It's a shame it's not find the clitoris because there's all sorts of jokes (laughs) we could just immediately do. Each one corresponds to a question, so there's a second chance for you to win a poon-based point in this round. Three, two... One, find those foofs. Ow. <laughs> Can't be that hidden. This is a vulva or someone's PowerPoint. That's not what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I think that was a used bandage. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. What's that? Christ. Am I warm? You said I was warm. Yeah! I've got one. Found a I've got one. I've had a beer, so I'm not that bothered about competing, but I've got one. Oh, 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 oh. Shit, I've dropped it. <laughs> Congratulations, gentlemen, on locating those labia, Ollie Man. I can see two foofs in front of you, so mm. I'm going to give you two condoms. You can have a Skins Mint and a Skins Bubblegum from Thank the condom you. people. Uh, Ollie P, you also have uh, a vulva for each hand. Mm. Not literally. <laughs> Your yeah. life would change dramatically. And you can have a strawberry and a bubblegum Skins. Ooh. Now, if you look on the back of your flaps, you should see a little number. One of you read out one of those numbers. Two. True or false? (laughs) The Greeks thought erections were caused by heat and air puffing up the penis. So, eating spicy and gas-inducing foods was thought to help stiffies last longer. And flatulence was the sign of a virile man who had so much air that he had to let the excess out via his arse. I've always felt very comfortable on holiday in Greece. I'm going to say that's true. <laughs> it is indeed true. Yes. Right, I'm going to award you uh, a, an on condom, which are made by a, a German brand. Very nice. I believe that, actually. Uh, I'm o- Vera and mm, Farty. Mm. <laughs> uh, Ollie P, read out one of your numbers for me. Number four. If you have a rare condition called HSP, it means you are allergic to me when I'm produced by somebody else. If you have an even rarer condition called POIS, it means you're allergic to me when I am produced by yourself. What am I? Oh, I could get this. Spunk. Yeah, yes! That's what I would have gone with. Yeah, I thought that was easy. I don't think that was tricky. No. I, given I, the context, it's going to be either spunk or pussy juice, isn't it? Ollie, man. <laughs> well, that's what we're discussing. What's the real... The real word is... Lady juice. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you were one hundred percent. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Carry on. We're just being rude. Vulva Vimto. What do I get for that? Come on, I got that right. I said spunk. Uh, Give me you, some Johnnies. You get, you get a Glide vegan condom. Vegan. Um, uh, HSP stands for Human Seminal Plasma Hypersensitivity, mm. uh, whereas POIS stands for Post Orgasmic Illness Syndrome. Some people get very, very uh, unwell after they've shot their load. Hmm. Um, next question. Someone give me a number. Flap say one. According to research carried out by Indiana University's Centre for Sexual Health, 37% of men fantasise more about what than sex? 
It's probably food, isn't it? It's money. That's sad. First comes money, then comes cunny, I'm afraid. So you do not <laughs> get a condom for that. Ollie Pitt. Number three. I have a pH of between 3.8 and 4.5, which means I'm more acidic than black coffee, but slightly less acidic than a glass of wine. You may also notice that I am acidic enough to bleach dark fabrics over time. What am I? I already said spunk in the last mm. question. <laughs> We're only left with pussy cream. Sure. <laughs> That's the only option. Surely it's pussy juice. Uh, it is actually healthy. Yeah, there we go, yeah. yeah. Healthy vaginal fluid. There's only two fluid. answers in the quiz. Healthy, healthy vaginal fluid. How acidic's unhealthy vaginal fluid? <laughs> Have you seen Alien? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you some popular condoms there to add. This is great. Your... I don't need to go condom shopping all year. No? I've got okay. four here. And at the end of that round, Ollie P has four <laughs> Connies in his hand, whereas Ollie Man only has three. Oh. Lagging and dragging behind mm. like an overstretched scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> what an epitaph. <laughs> oh, God, that's so apt. <laughs> this is the sounds of Christmas. The charity single featuring your favourite podcasters. And all in aid of Samuel's Charity. The Sounds of Christmas. Buy it now. You could stream it 100 times, but really it's easier to buy it because that helps get it into the charts and raise more money. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Round two. Uh, Alex, you've put a whole load of new scary props on the table. To uh, just refresh your palates before the next round, I have some uh, slow sex mouth-watering blowjob spray by oh. Bijou oh, Industries. That's exactly what I was hankering after. What about you? Hang on, I'm not having that unless I've given someone a blowjob. <laughs> I'm not. The night is young. At least wait for your outdoor barbecue, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you'd just like to spray a little bit of that into your mouth, so just be clear: is this a mouthwash that? Tastes like blowjob. Is that the idea? Or is it mouthwash you use after you've... What? That can't be a thing. It is actually designed to increase your salivation to make giving oral sex easier. Right. So just ah. give that... Ah. Oh, no. Oh, that's not nice. That, that is... Oh, that's like spraying... That's like spraying perfume in your face. Mm. That's not... Are you salivating? I am salivating, actually. Mm. I can feel it. Like right. Yeah, you are. Okay, Ollie, Ollie Man... Making me excited. Oh. Oh, Ollie man, you don't get away without a spray. Here goes. Oh. <laughs> yep, ready to go down on a man. Yep. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to make that stuff, make it taste nice. Do you know what I mean? Well, it doesn't taste repellent. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're suitably orally lubed up, let me give you a gift, Ollie Pete. This is courtesy of Dick on a Stick. So <laughs> What's funny about that? Well, and what did Dick on a Stick do? They make. Oh, I see. I've opened it up. It's fairly clear, actually. Yep. It's a well-chosen name. Let me guess what I've got to do with this. <laughs> 
along with your waffle penises, I'm going to give you three long prongs. Here you go. Sacupuncture is a little like acupuncture in that I will require you... (laughs) (laughs) Ollie just shook his dick out into a box and it's landed perfectly tumescent. (laughs) <laughs> on the table. I, I, I didn't mean to do that, but that's quite magnificent. That's amazing. Yeah. That is the most obscene thing I've seen during this show. And that really is saying something. It looks delicious. <laughs> it looks absolutely delicious. I'm slightly worried about how tasty that looks. I can't wait. I cannot wait to eat that. To perform sacupuncture... Mm. I am going to tell you to insert your spiky sticks in the manner of an acupuncturist yep. into three parts of the phallus that you see before you. Yep. Uh, these are going to get progressively harder, and I'm going to judge you on whether you uh, spike your peens in the right place or not. Okay. So there is a specific place you should yes. do it? Yes, okay. yes, yes. So the first place I need you to spear your dick is in the glands. Sacupuncture into the glands, please. Glands. 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 See, now that is a catch-all phrase, isn't it, glands? But if you're asking me where are the glands... I'd describe the whole thing as a gland. Not glands with a D. The glands glands. of your D. G-L-A-N-S. Okay, I don't know, but I'm going to guess around the balls rather than in the head, so I'm going down there. I'm going... I'm going maybe just between the ball and the bottom. Okay, where have you put yours? (laughs) (laughs) Your knowledge of basic anatomy is absolutely terrifying. You didn't do cock science at school. No, <laughs> I missed that day as well. The glands is the piece right at the top. It's essentially the bell end. Oh. So the whole thing, the whole bell end. Yes. Right. See, yeah. I would have called that the bell end. Yes. Yeah. Again, not a medical term. No, yeah, sure. I yeah. don't think that's in Grey's <clears throat> Anatomy. <laughs> so if I go to the doctor, they call it the glands. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, it's good to know. Um, the second place I wish you to wheedle a needle into your dicks is... The corpus cavernosum. The corpus cavernosum. Mm. Where do you think that is? I think I applied to that Oxford College, but I'm going to say... I think that's that big swolly bit at the bottom. Okay. But along along the ridge. The ridge line. I'm I'm going for the, the sensitive bit at the top of the head. I know that has another name, but I believe that that could be a Latinate name for it. I'm mm. afraid you are both, again, wrong <laughs> about the dongs. Doesn't surprise um, me. I think you might have been thinking of frenulum. Frenulum, yeah. yeah no, yeah. no, no. That's the name I knew. I thought it might have another secret name by night. The corpus cavernosum is one of two columns of spongy erectile tissue that run the length of the shaft of the penis underneath the dorsal nerve, which is that veiny bit that you identified. The on dorsal the top. nerve. What I was looking for here was for your uh, for your sacupuncture needles to be running the length of the dick, like down from the top right. uh, on the foot. Yep. But you have one more chance to oh, redeem yourself. <laughs> Stick it in the epididymis, boys. Ah, the epididymis. Yes. That, that's in there, isn't it? Oh, let's have a I've look. I've got two of those. The epididymis. The epididymis. The epididymis. I'm going to go in the balls. Yeah, I think it's in your balls. Isn't it the little weird thing that holds... Is it the bit, is it the bit that people mistakenly sometimes think they have testicular cancer because it bulges out a bit? I think oh, that I think might that's be the epididymis. the epididymis, yeah. yeah. I think... Gents, your knowledge of your balls is better than your knowledge of your dongs. There we go. You are both entirely correct. See, we may not have done ball class at school, but we've watched this morning. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, Ollies, 
Round three, the third and final challenge mm. in this festive foxhole special. She's waving around a wag while she's saying this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and we're just used to it. We're completely desensitised. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is remove the squishy masturbatory cores yes. from these AirTech squeezable toys. Mm-hmm. And if you wish to answer a question, what, <laughs> oh what God, I need I'll you to do... just put my finger in it. <laughs> It's that warm, familiar feeling. Let's have a little practice. If you wish to answer a question, flap your masturbatory core up and down, okay? Just. (laughs) Okay, boys, are you clear on how to chime in if you want to answer a question? Sure. First first one to shake it makes it, okay? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. I am going to list a sex toy. It will either be 100% real and available to buy on the market now, or I will have invented it. It will mm-hmm. be fake. So mm-hmm. I need to know from you, is this toy real or is it fake? Okay. And shake it to, to sh- make it. Shake yeah. it to make it. Okay. okay. We have a 19-year-old woman waiting to come back in and sing a song. <laughs> okay, toy number one is the Ryu Joku insulting graffiti shame porn crayons. Ollie P. Pip hits in quick. Yeah, that's the thing. You are correct. Ryojoku is, which I may be pronouncing incorrectly, is a subgenre of shame porn featuring women covered in insulting writing and markings. Okay, next up, the Carhole Baskin Tiger Kink Penetrable Sex Doll with Sardine Oil Lubricant and Flower Crown Cock Ring. Ollie Man just had it there. <laughs> Sardine oil just felt invented to me. That's too far. Comes from your brain. It is entirely fake. The Pekka Pekka nut filled sun. <laughs> I didn't even finish. No, that. you didn't need to. He buzzed in. Yeah. You believe you like Pekka Pekka as a brand, don't you? I do yeah, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I like Black it's and Decker, Pekka Pekka. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, what's your what's your version? Yeah, yeah, it's a thing, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely not. I invented ah! it. It's not a thing. Just the product of my dark mind. Next toy. Turn your third leg into an arm with the fisting hand cock sheath transforming penis extender. I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. Ollie Pitt. Yeah, that's real. It that's is 100% yeah. real. Yeah, it's Turn on. your cock into a hand, why not? <laughs> that is exactly what it does. And finally, Wet Fox garlic infused pussy stimulation cream. Oh, I dropped my. No, I was. <laughs> he drops the, I dropped my fake fanny. <laughs> it's not fair. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, that's fake. You went with it because uh, it's got Fox in the title. I'm afraid you're wrong. Shit. It 100% exists and it contains natural ingredients such as garlic root designed to warm up and stimulate your vagina and nipples. All of which brings this game to a thrilling climax and the man with the most condoms in his corner is... Ollie P. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, don't say it like that. I'm this not. Means I'm something not saying to me. like anything. I was. It was a moment of genuine sincerity and warmth. You're Didn't the better, like the I better won, sportsman. Yeah. And also, we should thank thecondompeople.com for supplying these astonishing prizes for us, but also an incredible prize for you, man fans. Yes. If you use the code Foxhole F O X H O L E, you get fifteen percent off everything at thecondompeople.com, and there are tons of interesting stocking stuffers on there as well. That's thecondompeople.com, and use the code Foxhole. 
Ollie's munching on his cock waffle now. That seems like a good time to sign off. <laughs> but before we do, we have Griff waiting in the wings. Griff, I'm, I'm so sorry for what you just had to hear. Um, <laughs> but we have just got enough time to announce our Christmas Manbassador. Very important moment. Yeah. And it's Andrew Johnson in the Rutherland Valley in Cornwall who says, Dear Ollie, Ollie, Alex and Matt, thank you for your podcast. I've been listening for a couple of years now and eagerly anticipate each new episode. We run a glamping site in Cornwall so can I please be the ambassador for glamping in Cornwall? <laughs> or if that's a bit ambitious, I don't think that's ambitious. It's specific, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't yeah. think there's much competition there. A glambassador. <laughs> glam but if that's ambitious, can I be the ambassador for glamping in Rutherland Valley? I'm tempted to give him all of Cornwall. It's Christmas. Yeah, why yeah, not? Sure. It's yours, Andrew. Congratulations. Literally an intense Christmas for him. Uh, with that, Alex Fox, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ollie Pitt, thank you. Yeah, you can apologise to me. Thanks. Uh, if you would like to uh, not apologise but thank us, you can support the show by visiting modernmanwith2ends.co.uk and clicking beer money to send us a donation. Much appreciated, everyone who has done exactly that over the last year. Uh, and. Have a happy and safe Christmas. Our theme music is by Django Django. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill, and now exclusively to the modern man to play us out. It's another live track from our very special guest, Griff. It is called One Million Times Better. Uh, Griff, take it away. You make me feel a million times better When I'm with you I... I shut the door behind me, babe I turn the lights out, it's been a long old day And fingers crossed when I wake Oh, something will change I got clouds hanging over my head Yeah, I get irrational, crazy, upset But you, you pick me back up and you tell me it's okay You look in my eyes and quietly you say How you doing now? I say, I think I'm better now When it, it hurts just a little bit It hurts just a little And just when I wanna quit Oh, that's when you call How you doing now? I say I think I'm better now You make me feel a million times better When I'm with you And I I just need you to know that, babe Cause I know sometimes when I'm hard to love And sometimes I don't always say Or show it then much when I got clouds hanging over my head Yeah, I get irrational, crazy, upset But you, you pick me back up and you tell me it's okay You look in my eyes and quietly you say How you doing now? I say, I think I'm better now When it, it hurts just a little bit It hurts just a little And just when I wanna quit Oh, that's when you call How you doing now? I say, I think I'm better now You, you 
make me feel a million times better. You make me feel, yeah, you. You make me feel a million times better. You make me feel, you make me feel a million times better when I'm with you. When I'm with. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank God it's finally here. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.